Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Growing Social Now. I am your podcast host, Barbara Rosconi, and I am so excited to have as my guest here today, Beth Nyland. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. I feel like there should be, I'm sure you'll put in like applause, Woo! right? You know, um, I think you just did it for me. So thank you. Okay, Okay, good. (laughs) I am really happy to see you. It's been too long. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, one of the reasons I started growing social now is so I could catch up with friends, find out what they're up to and promote what they're doing now because they're all really cool people. Beth is one of the coolest of the cool. And Beth and I first met when she went on maternity leave from Sears Roebuck and company way back in the late 1990s. And had Beth not gone on maternity leave, I would probably, one, never have met her. And number two, stepped into her big shoes, which some of her clients said, you're no Beth Miller. And I said, I know I'm not. (laughs) It was a huge challenge. (laughs) I'm sorry they were mean to you. That's not very nice. I I wouldn't say it was mean. I would say it was a challenge. And (laughs) at that point I knew, you know what, this is world-class. And so I'd only met you a couple of times. And my goal was to be more like Beth Miller. And they finally said, you know what, you're a lot like Beth Miller. So thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome. It's weird to hear Beth Miller. I have to say like, that's a lifetime ago. <laughs> it was, yeah. um, but that, that is who I was then. I'm now Beth Nyland, but that um, it means a lot to me to know that my reputation was that good that you felt challenged by it because you're one of the most professional communicators I've ever met. So that's, oh wow, I'm honored. Well, thank you. And that was enough here. You know, thanks for tuning in today to have Beth. Yeah, exactly. That, you know? <laughs> thank you for joining our professional <laughs> mutual admiration society. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. So, so to move on, Beth uh, has really, she's just inspiring with all of her creativity. And uh, I asked people, you know, what is your title? And she says her title is I am the corporate poet and cutter of crap. Correct. So what does crap mean and how do we cut it? Beth? <laughs> so first of all, it's fantastic to be self-employed and be able to make the title that you want. And yes. so I love that I get to tell people that's my title. And then mm-hmm. if I get an eye roll, like, okay, come on now, tell me what you really are. Then I hand over my business card and I say, no, seriously, this is what's printed on my card. Mm-hmm. Crap is an acronym. Uh, the acronym actually came after. So initially crap was just crap. Like (laughs) I walk into corporate clients and try to make sense of what they're saying and writing. And so much of it is so difficult to understand. It is just crap. So several years ago, one of my clients pointed out that when I would walk in and get my hands on something like that and take it away and work with it, what I brought back was absent all of the crap. And she said, you are just, you, you're just the cutter of the crap. And, and I need you to teach my people to do that. And I was like, okay, first of all, putting that on my card. And second, yes, I can teach people to do that. So I started leading workshops, which have given way to something much bigger that we now call the story mode program. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, but initially just cutting the crap was a two hour workshop that I would do to help people understand how to take the vague, um, kind of useless words out of their Mm -hmm. business speak and put in more concrete, specific examples. Over time, I realized crap was a sensitive word for some people. 
while I have a potty mouth, not everyone else does. Mm -hmm. But if you put periods after each of the letters in a word, all of a sudden it becomes an acronym and then anyone will say it. So corporate rhetoric and pomposity, that's what crap is. (laughs) Wow. And my crusade is to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Well, it it is so important, especially now. I I think that, uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like our uh, attention spans have just become so uh, that become like shrunken down to like two size. And so uh, what, what can we do? Do you have any tips for how to cut crap and make social more engaging or just everyday communications more engaging? Absolutely. It is. So one of my favorite techniques is to de-emphasize nouns and prioritize Mm. verbs. Ooh, that's good. It's common. It's not common sense. It's um, once you think about it, it becomes common sense. Mm-hmm. So nouns tend to be big and heavy and lethargic. They just sit mm-hmm. there. You know, mm-hmm. that's what a noun is supposed to do. It just names an object or a person or a place, mm-hmm. but a verb, a noun doesn't do anything until you give it a verb. Mm-hmm. So verbs are literally where the action is. And that's usually um, a better source of animated, energetic language that shows you that something's being done. And that's the whole point of business is to get things done. Mm, so an example, I often see people use, um, integrated solutions, right? A lot of company offer what they call integrated solutions. Mm -hmm. There's no verb in there. There are actually two verbs buried and hidden in there, there, there's the idea that you can integrate, which to me means weaving things together. Mm-hmm. And there's solve in solution. But a lot of businesses are afraid to say the word solve, because what comes after solve? What do you solve? A problem. Problems. And nobody yeah. <laughs> wants to admit that they have a problem. Right. And I'm even finding in marketing, people don't want to say out loud that their customers might have a problem because they don't want to insult them. If we don't get honest about what needs to be done, Mm -hmm. we won't get anything done. So I I am just enough of a nerd that I like to look at words like integrated and solution and figure out what are the verbs that are hiding in there? And then how can we strengthen those verbs even more? That's one way to cut the crap. So instead of saying integrative solutions, what should they say? You should say what you actually do. So what, what is your integrated solution right now? I'm working with a wide variety of different companies. I work with one company that sells mattresses. Their Mm -hmm. integrated solution could be that perfect combination of mattress box spring and pillow. Mm -hmm. They might call that, believe it or not, that industry might decide to call that an integrated solution. It's just, it's a mattress. It's a bed, right? Right, right, yeah. I work with another company that makes massive um, heating equipment, like giant furnaces. Mm. They sell what they call integrated solutions. But what does it do, right? It, it heats metal, it liquefies, it makes um, makes material so you can work with it. There are so many good verbs hiding underneath integrated solutions. So be more specific. Yeah. I, and those are great examples. And I feel like if you, people don't really have time to figure out what integrated or in solutions is, you know, see, and so you can't even say it. It's I don't horrible. even know if you said integrated or integrative. I know you said solutions, 
but uh, that's as far as I got, I got stuck, but I think you're right. You know, it's this bland overlay that they put on what they actually do. And really you are in the business to help people solve problems, whether you realize it or not. And sometimes people, they don't know they have a problem until you tell them. And uh, so, yeah, I love that. That's That's really a good point. Yeah. 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 Some other strategies that I like to point out. So one of the, um, I love, I'm a visual person. I'm an illustrator, (laughs) writer. And so I love having a photograph or an image that really conveys the idea. Mm. And when I'm talking about crap, one of the images I often put in front of people is a meter. And Mm. I say that you can tune your crap-o-meter. And one thing to watch for that should make your little needle, you know, jolt up to the the opposite extreme that you want on your meter is mm-hmm. if anybody's eyes roll. Oh, so something, okay. you know, language that makes people go, Ugh, mm-hmm. that's usually crap. And sometimes it's those pet phrases that people have like at the end of the day or mm-hmm. low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. you know, those become so overused and so tired that everybody in the room just rolls their eyes. Well, obviously if you've got people rolling their eyes, you've lost them. You've lost them. Oh, that's so true. And do you think that companies sometimes have like an internal set of like chants or rhymes that they use that kind of, <laughs> you know, they, they, they yes. just don't really mean anything. It's just like everybody steps up and they, it's like, you know, uh, a response to someone saying something. Yes. I actually was in a three hour workshop with one of my main clients this morning and their word, anybody, any of them who hears this, they're all going to know who they are. It's alignment. (laughs) So they hold alignment meetings to get Mm -hmm. aligned on their alignments. Like, Oh, how, how aligned are you? And, and in truth, they're not very aligned. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, I pointed out a couple of weeks ago in a meeting, they said, okay, somebody in the meeting said, well, let's get aligned. Let's be sure we're aligned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, time out, define that for me. When you say we want to be aligned, do you mean you want everybody in this group to have the same understanding Mm -hmm. or do you want everybody in this group to agree? Because those are two different things. We can all understand the problem, Mm -hmm. but we might all walk out not in agreement. And so, and that's, when that's the case, are we aligned Mm -hmm. or not? And so then everybody around the the room, the virtual room started to define what they meant by alignment. We Mm -hmm. had half a dozen different definitions. Wow. Wow. And for me, the biggest missing piece is where's the action and what direction do you want to go to? I mean, Mm -hmm. because if you're aligned, I mean, what does, what does it look like? How do you get there? Right. You could be aligned and holding still. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you are very creative and I know that you right now I've seen you do all kinds of things and you have like a a yearly challenge or or something like that. So now you're drawing, I don't, I want you to do like, I don't know if you'll ever do this, but I would love it if you did a time-lapse video showing us how you do those drawings, because I look forward to seeing what comes out of your creative inspiration every day. And so can you tell us a little bit about that? I know you wrote a post that inspiration starts in oatmeal so uh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. That was last. The February blog post was about yeah. where, where the ideas come from. And for yeah. me, sometimes they come from the oatmeal, which is my breakfast. Um, so the, the daily challenge thing began years ago. 
uh, I've dabbled in different kinds of daily discipline. Mm -hmm. I have found that I build skill. This Mm -hmm. isn't, this is not unique to me. It's not like I have found this. We Mm -hmm. build skill by practicing. It's not rocket science. So several years ago, I, because I was embracing this idea of being the corporate poet, a poet, a poet chooses words with intention to Mm -hmm. stir emotion, to create a sense of image. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of fascinated by the idea of poetry and how, if we did that more in the workplace, we would have stronger messaging. And I wasn't really a poet, but I felt like if I learned what poets do, it would make me a better communicator. So Mm -hmm. I decided to write a poem a day for a month. And I think April is National Poetry Month. Anybody can jump into this kind of idea. April's coming. Maybe people will want to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was doable. I, they weren't all good, but I wrote a poem every day for a month. And because that was effective, the next year, I tackled that as a year-long challenge. I wrote a poem every day for a year. Wow. It was really That's a lot. hard. It 365 was. poems. Oh my gosh, you got a book there, I do. It was a leap year too. So there's 366. Um, Yeah. Now some of of them were couplets, right? Some of them were just a a rhyming couplet. Some of them were longer, but it was great practice and it was humbling. And so I have used that in different ways. And several years ago, I decided I also, I also know about myself that I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. And images really speak to me. And sometimes if you can just show me a picture or the perfect diagram, you don't have to say a word. I get it. Mm-hmm. So again, I wanted to be, I wanted to understand that. How does that work? So I started mm-hmm. drawing a picture a day mm-hmm. and I think I'm in my third straight year now, uh, now illustrating every evening, I sit down with my iPad. I use an app called procreate. And I make a digital illustration every evening. Um, it's become my Zen, you know, it's like, it's like my end of the day, let it all go process. And I've gotten better. It's interesting that you say, I'm still, I still don't think I'm good, but I've gotten better. And every once in a while, I do produce something where I look at it and I go, wow, that's pretty good. Like mm-hmm. that actually looks like an apple. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the shading you get on your images, I'm like, how did she do that? You know? So yeah. Digital, digital tools make it easy to get some of that effect where sitting down with a packet of pencils and some paper, it's much, much harder. So in, in that respect, I'm, I don't like, I I was about to say I was cheating. It's not cheating. It's just a different medium, but procreate does allow you to, to look back at a recording that shows a time lapse of what you do. Oh wow! I, I so I could easily share that with you. I seldom mm-hmm. do, although I should because what happens is I'll sit down. Two nights ago, I think I drew a kiwi fruit, mm-hmm. but I didn't start with a kiwi fruit. I can't remember what I started with. I, I'll just make things up. I sat down. I was going to write a, or draw a spool of thread, mm-hmm. and that was epically wrong. So I scrapped it and I started drawing the cat on the pillow across the room and that didn't look right. So I scrapped that. And, you know, after five different attempts, I wound up with a Kiwi. So I don't share my time-lapse because you would Mm -hmm. see all of my fails. 
but I probably should share my time-lapse so that you could see all of my fails because that's well, part of the creative process. I don't, I don't know if I call them fails because I know you wrote a blog post about writing too, you know, and you talk about uh, a prompt I remember and you know how things change and, you know, as a writer, what you start with is probably not going to be what you finish with. So maybe they're just prototypes and what you do is, and you just keep going and going until you, creativity is such a weird thing to me because it feels like there's a click and it's really uncomfortable until you find it. And sometimes you don't get the click, but it just right. seems like you have to go through a process to mm -hmm. get to where you want to be. And so I think it's kind of interesting that um, you, you keep going to see what's next because you could just stop and say, okay, I'm going to do a Kiwi and I don't care if it looks good or not, but you let your your creative muse, if you will, say, oh, let's try this on. No, let's try that on until you finally get to what you really want to, to create. I really love the word prototype. Yeah. I think you just gave me permission to see those first sketches as prototypes. And mm -hmm. I'm going to, I will use that for sure. Yeah, you can have it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I also, I'm really happy that you mentioned process because mm -hmm. I do, I, I wanted to be sure when we sat down to do this discussion today, the story mode program has grown out of lots of things. One was that cut the crap notion, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know if you know, Jill Pollock, I think, you know, at least who she is. Right. Yeah. Every, everyone listening, everyone should know Jill Pollock. Mm -hmm. She has been a friend of mine for decades at this point. And years ago, we decided that what she knew about creative writing, cause she's, she's the founder of story studio, Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's a center for creative writers. So if you want to write the great American novel, that's where you should go. And she knew that I had all this experience in corporate communication, but with a very much left of center creative approach. And we decided we would put our ideas together and see what would happen. And what has happened is what we now call the story mode program. And it is, it is entirely about process. So by listening to each other, talk about how we get to a finished product by watching each other brainstorm and getting in groups of other people and witnessing how everybody else comes up with whatever it is, we have become students of process and now teachers mm -hmm. of process as well. So, yeah, it, it's really important. And I think people would say, oh, that's corporate writing, but what about social media? Isn't that short? And, you know, I find sometimes some of the hardest creativity comes in making those short updates. And now we're seeing that, like, if you want to write an article like you do on LinkedIn, you have a lot more room to work. But how could you apply, if you could give us like a quick idea of how we might think about the story mode process in crafting our social media content? Mm -hmm. So we're big believers. Is it okay if I use profanity on your podcast? Sure. Okay. We are big believers in Anne Lamott's concept of the shitty first draft. Oh yeah. Yeah. So bird by bird is Anne mm -hmm. Lamott's book about writing. I think it's chapter three is all mm -hmm. about shitty first drafts. Yep. And in that chapter, she gives us permission that the first attempt at anything, our prototype should be bad mm -hmm. that we have to give ourselves, we have to just quiet the inner critic give mm -hmm. ourselves permission to get the ideas out into the world and onto the page mm -hmm. or the canvas where we can look at them and shape them and work with them. So process wise, 
if you want to write really good social content, don't think you have to start there. Like a great tweet probably doesn't just form because you sit down and you think, okay, I have X number of characters I want to work mm-hmm. with. I need to reserve a certain number for the hashtags. Right. Instead, let yourself write whatever needs to come out mm-hmm. and then start editing and compressing. So Jill and I like to say, write short, edit long, or write fast, edit slow. Mm-hmm. Roughly one third of your time at most should be on that first draft. Two thirds oh. of your time should be on the revision process, the refinement, the compressing, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. you know, change this word, put that word in another order. So um, relieving yourself of the pressure of thinking that you have to write in the final form in the first place. Um, yeah, that's when really I, good. When I get stuck, like if I'm trying to write, um, say a client has asked me to write a, a one pager about a mm-hmm. product. I don't actually do a whole lot of writing anymore. So when a client does ask me to be the original writer, I sometimes freeze. And because a one pager isn't my day-to-day work, it doesn't, it just doesn't flow. Mm -hmm. So I give myself permission to write in some other format. And sometimes that is, I took them off my desk, but a stack of post-it notes. So I'll grab a Sharpie and a post-it note, and I'll just start writing as much as I can fit on that post-it, peel it off, take the next one. I'm not writing a one pager. I'm writing a stack of post-it notes. But I can do that. And then when I, when I feel like I've exhausted everything I know about the subject, I can move all my ideas from the post-its to the page and start editing. You don't have to, you have to write in the finished format in the first place. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. And I think when you stare at a, a white screen, that can be terrifying. Nothing happens. What I often do is I do a mind map where in the center I'd put like one page and then I do all the spokes. I can just dump the ideas and look at how they relate to each other. A lot of that stuff's never going to make it anywhere, but it's just kind of just making sure that I've covered every possible angle and then I can get going. But I love the post-it notes because that is, if you can't fill up a post-it note, there's a problem. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, if you write one giant word on a post-it and then peel it off and move it to the side, there's a sense of accomplishment in that, right? It's gratifying, it's tactile, it's kinetic, and all those things are good for creativity. There's nothing more paralyzing for me than sitting with my fingers curved over the the keyboard, Mm -hmm. waiting for something to happen because it just doesn't. I got to move. I need I need action. Yeah. Do you listen to music or do you have any other influences that you use for creativity, tea, art? I don't know. <laughs> Always tea. So <laughs> clients know about me. I let, I have an orange office and an orange teapot that I, oh. that wears a fancy purple sweater. Yeah. Um, I'm fueled by tea all day long. Uh, I swear it's only tea. Uh, <laughs> Music, I can't have music on while I'm working. Mm-hmm. I have enough voices in my head that, yeah. <laughs> that is loud enough. But I do like to start my day with, I usually listen to one podcast in the morning while I'm getting ready. Mm-hmm. And then I usually have to run teenagers from place to place. So I turn on music in the car as mm-hmm. loud as I can and we sing. 
And then by the time I circle back into my driveway and I'm ready to come to work, I've kind of, I've got the energy pumping, Mm -hmm. but then once I come into my office, it's, it's quiet until the meetings begin. Yeah. Do you listen to music while you write? Uh, Sometimes I do. Yeah. I, you know, I've worked on, I have one project that I'm thinking of. I did a few years back and and it was all written to a Bruce Springsteen album. And so it was, it was for more of a manufacturing company. And I just felt like it was the same thing over and over and over. I just listened to the exact, it was just on repeat. And uh, it, I feel like there's some of that flavor came through, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, I'm certain. I'm sure it did. Yeah. 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 So Beth, we're going to have to get winding this up. I hate to do that because I'm having so much fun talking to you, but where can we find you and Jill on the internet? If you want to tell us about your social media, that would be great. So we can connect with you. For sure. So me personally, my name is my handle. A long time ago, I decided just Beth Nyland was going to be it. So Mm -hmm. at B-E-T-H, N as in Nancy, Y-L-A-N-D. That's mm-hmm. how you find me on Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you can expect something from me every day on Instagram and Twitter because my illustrations go out. Uh, once a month, I write a piece, a full form, fully formed idea for LinkedIn, and also put that on uh, the Spencer Grace website, which is spencergrace.com. That's mm-hmm. my own little small agency of one. And then uh, we also republish on instorymode.com. That's where Jill and I share. Story Mode also has social media handles. And we have gone in fits and starts with our social media. Right now, business is really good. And social media, as a result, has taken a hit. (laughs) We are not really paying as much attention to it as we could be. We probably need to enlist your services to help get a better routine going there. Yeah, I'd be happy to help. So when I end the podcast, I always ask my guests, what is your word of the day? (laughs) The first thought was alignment, but that is the, not not the word, not the word of the day. I'll I'll give you a second pass. It doesn't have to be the first word that comes to mind. (laughs) Um, It would be funny if I picked alignment. You know, I heard myself say just a little bit ago, action that I, I need action. And I think it, it, if we like to pull a thread through the conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, there's that sense of cutting the crap, moving Mm -hmm. from heavy lethargic nouns to active, lightweight verbs. I think Mm -hmm. the action there is important. The action of not just having my fingers quietly on the keyboard waiting for something to happen, but, mm-hmm. you know, doing something, pulling out sticky notes or drawing a prototype. I think action is my word of the day. I love that. Well, let's all take action and cut the crap out of our communications. Sounds like a good uh, way to wrap things up. So thank you so much, Beth. It's great seeing you. And I, I just really am grateful for your friendship and for the time that you gave us here today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay. Well, thank you for listening into Growing Social Now. I am your podcast host, Barbara Rasgoni, and you can find us wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Until next time.